Before I get into the message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today. I thank you for this opportunity to serve on this stage under great leadership. I am humbled by this opportunity. And I declare to this day, Heavenly Father, that the words of my mouth, they will be governed by the Holy Spirit. I will only say that which you have determined, Holy Spirit, that's what you have purposed for today. I bind any dynamic dynamic forces that would try to stop, hinder, block, or stop this word from being preached or received in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to start off with a little story here today. Amen. And... uh, This was a long time ago, two monks were traveling. And they were traveling through the Midwest and they came into a small town. And they came up to a store, what looked to be a store, and a stagecoach pulls up. And there was an older monk and a younger monk who are standing there. And they watch as the the door opens on a stagecoach. And a beautiful woman in a beautiful long gown opens the door and steps to the first step. But she realizes there's a puddle of muddy water in front of her. She begins to look through the doorway, the little window in the stagecoach there to try and find the baggage handler. He's coming around with bags in his hand. He says, I can't help you. I got all these bags. And you can just see her just sneer with disgust and anger. And as she's standing there wondering what to do, the two monks are here, and the older monk runs over there, grabs her, picks her up, and walks through the mud and sets her down on the wooden porch. After he sets her down, she looks at him, just like, almost with the, like, who are you to touch me? And she pushed him back, and she walked into the store. The older monk didn't say a word, just looked at her, looked back at the younger monk, and just began to walk. They went on their way still. And after two or three hours, the young monk finally says, they haven't said a word, after two or three hours, the young monk finally says, I can't hold it anymore, I gotta say this to you. The older monk looks at him, he says, why did you help that woman? She pushed you, she looked mean at you, she didn't even say thank you to you. She was rude and mean to you. He goes, he goes, I just had to say that. The older monk looks at the younger monk and says, why are you still carrying that woman? I set her down three hours ago. I don't know who I'm here for today, but there's somebody in here today. You've been carrying some stuff that you should have set down a long time ago. You're holding on to some anger that you should have let go a while ago. There's some bitterness that's stirring up that you should have set down days ago. There's an abuse that happened to you years ago, but you're still holding on to it. And until you set that thing down, until you learn to let it go, it's going to continue to manifest in your mind, in your heart, in your body, in your job, in your church, with your children, in your relationships. I dare you to touch two people and say, I got to let this go today. Tell them, say, I got to let it go today. Come on now. When Pastor Jeff gave me this opportunity, I said, this word is perfect for today, Father. Because if we're going to step into the window that God has opened for us, we're going to have to let some things go. 
because this is that period. I'm not going to preach with Pastor Jeff because I can't preach the way Pastor Jeff preaches. That's on another level, baby. But I know he's talked about, you're going to have to clear the plate. Come on now. You're going to have to put some things behind you. You're going to have to get some things out of your life. Because where we're going in this season with God, he says, I'm not here to care. God is not a baggage handler, baby. He'll help you out, but don't expect God to pick up all your mess all the time that you keep creating. Amen? Now, when I say letting go, what I'm saying about you can let, you can, you'll, you might remember the circumstance. You might remember the instant, but this is a time where we just got to say. You got to put some stuff down and say, adios, amigos. Okay, that's for my Hispanic family in here. There's just some stuff we got to say goodbye to. We got to get rid of, okay? See, your beliefs about your future will determine what you are willing to let go of. What you believe about your future tells a lot of us what you're willing to let go of. If you don't believe you're going to have a great future, you're going to hold on to the past. If you don't believe that God has more, you're going to hold on to your little bit right now. If you don't believe that God has a better job, you're going to hold on to this little bitty job. If you don't believe that your marriage is going to get better, then you won't change. Come on, I someone hearing me this morning. I'm preaching right away in this place. See, what you're willing to let go of tells me what you're willing to embrace. Come on now. I told my wife before, she, before she, we hooked up. Well, that don't sound right, does it? Before we met. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> before we met, I had a lot of females that I was talking to. All right? But when I saw her, how many of you know, those of us who are married or you're dating someone, you know when your heart went, that's it. This is the one. This is the one. I, I, I know I got to let these females go. I got to know I got to put this to an end right here. Because if I'm not willing to let go of this, how can I embrace that? Am I talking to somebody today? What is it that you're holding on to today that's keeping you from embracing what you really want? What are you holding on to today that's not allowing you to become who you're supposed to be today? Come on now. Touch somebody say, I got to let this go today. See, because when you look at God, God is a God of movement. God's always moving. I would, I would like what Acts 17 verse 28 says, and I appreciate it. I know if the media team is up there trying to get this done, and I, I just, hey, if we get it, we get it, we don't, we don't. I'm good. Amen. Acts 17, 28 says, for in him we live and move. Say move. Move, move and have our being. Our being is our existence or our state of being. He said, so in him we live, but he said, but we got to move. We got, if our existence is going to change, we got to move. If we're going to follow what God does for us, we got to move. If we're going to have what God has for us, then we got to move. Because our existence is in him and we live and we move. Come on now. You know, one of the reasons is, you know, you got, you got to move because momentum is built by movement. When a rock starts rolling down a hill, it gets faster because of what? Movement. And movement creates momentum. Am I here? You hearing me today? 
I just believe today there's going to be some movement that's going on in this church. We're going to be a create a movement. We're going to create momentum, and we're going to create some monumental moments in our life. Amen? Because if you're not moving, then you're not creating momentum. And if you're not creating momentum, then you're not creating any monumental moments. I believe today's the day that we make a move. Today's the day we make a shift. Today's the day we start something new. Amen? That word move in the Greek means to cause to go, to set in motion or move from place to place. You know, I like in Exodus 40, when the cloud was above the tabernacle, they stayed. But when the cloud moved, Israel had to pack it up, what? And move. When God moves, you have to move. When God speaks, you have to hear because God is always giving an instruction for your next move. Amen? Oh, man, this is good stuff here today. Am I blessing anybody so far? You see, a good example of progressing forward is when God told Joshua to tell the people, it's time to move. Joshua was told that remaining where you are in the wilderness is not good enough. Staying where you are is unacceptable. Staying where you are is not a reflection of who I am in your life and what I have for you. Come on now. I don't want to stay broke because my God ain't broke. I don't want to stick be sick because my God ain't sick. Are you hearing me? Amen. I don't want divorce because I know there's no divorce in heaven. If it ain't in heaven, why do I have to live with it down here? Ah, somebody just got a revelation right there, ain't it? If it's not in God's will, why would it be in my will? Hallelujah. See, but the reason Israel was not progressing was because they, like too many people, they stopped their forward movement by defending their present circumstances. Well, he hit me, but he really loves me. Stop it. My boy ain't in no gang, and he don't smoke. Stop it. I really love my job. Stop it. My, my marriage is better than it's ever been right now. Stop it. The reason some of you are not moving forward is because you're defending where you are. If you keep defending God, God, I'm good right now, God. God, I have enough right now. God, everything is good right now. God's not going to move you. God's not going to change you. God's not going to bless you. He's not going to increase you. Why? Because you keep defending your present situation. Hallelujah. Let me read this. Read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Stay with me here now. Because i got three points I want to give you today. Three strategies that God gave Israel to get out of their situation. Three strategies that God, gave, that God gave Israel to move beyond where they were so they can experience what God had for them. Ready? Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Highlight that if you got your Bible. Now arise. Highlight that if you got your Bible. Go over this Jordan. Highlight that if you got your Bible. Thou and all this people unto the land which I will give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. God was transitioning them because what he had prepared for them was better than what they're experiencing. I don't know about you, but God has better than what you're experiencing. God has better than what you're going through. God has more than what you're going through. God can bless you bigger than what you're being blessed right now. Amen? 
But before God sent them out, he gave them instructions. And I read you three of them, but I'm going to translate them to how God told me to tell you. Amen? All right. So one, number one, Moses, my servant is dead. Ready? Let go of what no longer serves you. Let go of what no longer is serving you. How many of you are in a relationship that's no longer serving you? How many of you are in a job that's no longer serving you? How many of you are in situations or circumstances where you know the expiration date has shown up, but you refuse to pour the bad milk out? How many of you, you know, when I go to check milk, Bobby says, check the milk. And I'll go and I go, oh, that baby's got to go. You know when the relationship stinks. You know when the job stinks. Come on now. You know when your child comes home and tells a little lie and that stinks. There's some time we got to stop. We got to let go of the things that are no longer serving us. He said, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. His service is over. It's you now that I'm going to work on. It's you I'm going to work through. It's you how I'm going to make things happen. It's you how we're going to take the children of Israel through. I just believe I'm talking to somebody in here right now. It's you that God is going to begin to bless. It's you that God is going to use to, to change your family. It's you that God's going to be to save your family. It's you that's going to be the first millionaire in the house. Oh, come on now. I heard that. You are going to be the first millionaire in the house. You're going to be the first business owner in the house. Amen? You're going to be the first one where your kids graduate from college. Woo-hoo! You're going to be the first one who doesn't have a sickness. Oh, my God, my God, my God. You see, Moses was God's right-hand man. He was his mouthpiece, but even he had an expiration date. As good as it can be, there's going to be an expiration date because God will say, that's over. It's time to transition into the new and to the better. Amen? Come on now. I like what Philippians 3.13 says. Brethren, I can't not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind. Touch somebody and say, I got to put this behind me today. You know what it is. You know what you got to put behind you. You know what you got to let go of right now. Come on now. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark, the goal or the end for the prize of the high calling with God in Christ Jesus. The Greek word for reach means to stretch towards. You know, my wife doesn't like me when I, doesn't like, doesn't like me, doesn't like it when I put away groceries. Because I have this tendency to put things at eye level. You see how short my wife was? Her eye level is here. My eye level is up here. So when I'm not home, she says, I need you to stop putting groceries away because you put everything and it makes me stretch. Do to, to I have to get on my toes or I got to get a stool to go get, so I can get it out of the cabinet. And I heard the Lord tell me to tell you this. Ready? He said, there are some things that I put out of your reach, not that, so that you can't have it because I want you to stretch. Some of you need to say, God, why is this not happening? He said, it's time for you to stretch. God, I'm almost there, but I can't seem to get it. It's time for you to stretch. Come on now. There are some things that are not always going to be at eye level because we know that God is our high, most high God. He says, I put some things high sometimes because I want you to stop reaching at eye level and start reaching at my level. Oh. 
Y'all have been reaching at eye level, but he says, I want you reaching at my level. Come on now. Whew. Oh, man. Hallelujah. I got so much stuff in here. I, I don't even know where the clock is. I don't want to, don't, I don't want to overdo my time. I don't, I don't want to get daddy mad at me. I don't want daddy to get mad at me. Can you imagine that man with the withered hand when Jesus told him to stretch it forth? If he just said, no, that's too embarrassing. I'm not going to stretch this out. No, uh, no, I, I looked at my situation and I deemed, I, Jesus, I know what you said for me to do, but I deemed differently. I, I know you want me to stretch this forth, but everybody going to see something that's wrong with me. But you know what he did? He stretched it forth. And when he exposed the problem, Jesus was able to fix the problem. Some of you are afraid, afraid to stretch out because you don't want to expose what's going wrong with you right now. You don't want to expose the problem in your life. You don't want to expose what's taking place. You don't want to expose what you're dealing with. But God says, if you'll just stretch it out like the layman, he goes, I'll fix it. But as long as you hide it, I can't fix it. Come on now. Tell somebody, I got to stretch this year. Whew. Number two, are you ready? He said, now therefore arise. What he's saying is you got to change your position you got to change your position. See, I said in the beginning, some of y'all about serving, you know, you got to change your position and get off from not serving to start serving. Uh, okay, you got, got quiet over there. Let me talk over here. Some of y'all have not been serving, but God says change your position now, which means it's time to serve. Because there's always something on the other. See, so serving is a seed sown. And when you serve, you sow, you sow a seed, which means you got to get a harvest somewhere. You gotta change your position. Basically, what that's saying is you got to get up. What's that? Oh, a clock. Okay, that's my clock. Dad, dad, daddy gave me instructions on what time to be done, but don't get me wrong. And I'm gonna tell you what, I honor the father. I honor the father of the house. Amen? Okay. See, getting into action is critical to getting unstuck. Okay, I know Tony Robbins one time, he said, when you want to get unstuck, when you want something to happen, you got to take massive action. Because massive action creates massive results. All right? So this season, we got to be about massive action. The devil's been on massive action with all this crazy COVID and pandemic and restrictions that's going on. But when is the church going to go on the offensive with massive action? When are we going to go with massive prayer, massive fasting, massive showing up to church, massive outreach? Come on now. Massive laying on hands, massive prophesying. When are we going to start taking massive action? It's our job. The devil is under my feet. God has put all things under my feet. He says he'll bless the work of my hands. Come on now. I just double dog dare you to go tomorrow and lay hands on your job, on the building. Lord, I declare an increase here. I declare a promotion in here. I declare, Father, that I go from this basement up to the top floor. And if that's not where you want to be, go put hands on the building. Lord, I decree I got a job in this place right here, Father. Go find an empty building. Lord, I'm starting my business in this building right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Put your hands on your wall and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am a millionaire and I have millionaire ideas, millionaire strategies, and the devil cannot stop what is about to come in my house. That's massive action, folks. 
See, to shift your state, you got to shift your thinking. Poor people hang with poor people. Rich people hang with, okay. Why? Because their thinking is different. Come on now. I remember one time in college, I had to pass an anatomy class. Anatomy is tough if you ever had to take it. And, my, and the instructor at my college wrote the book. So you know I wasn't going to be throwing down some garbage on there. I had another word to throw down there, but you know that ain't going to work because he's going to see through it. So I found me a study group with some students, buddies of mine, who were going to be doctors. So I didn't study with the people at my level. I studied with the people who were at a another level. And I found out I wasn't studying hard enough. I wasn't studying the right way. I didn't have the right procedures and the right methods, okay? But when I got with those guys, I began to go from this level to this level, amen? They got an A in the class, I got a B. If I had not studied with them, I might have got a D. But what happened? I had to make sure my thinking was changed, And my thinking was changed because I hooked up with people who thought higher than me, thought bigger than me, thought better than me, knew more than me. Come on now. You got to be sick and tired of being the biggest fish in the pond. Come on now. Some of you got so much pride that if you ain't the biggest fish in the pond, you you don't want to be there. I like what Oliver Wendell Holmes said. A man's mind, once stretched by a new idea, never regains its original dimension. I'm going to say that again. I know they were trying to get that up there. A man's mind, once it's been stretched by a new idea, never regains its original dimension. You see, once I learn, once I read God's word and I read that I'm not supposed to be broke because he supplies all my needs, I just got stretched. Come on, now are you hearing me? Once I read that I am healed by his stripes, I know when sickness comes, not in this body, baby, you're not allowed right here. No, because I know I got the blood running through me. Are you hearing me? Once you get an idea, once you get a revelation, once you get a rhema word from God, you can't go back to who you were. You can't go back to thinking like you used to think. Amen? If you taught your little kid how to tie shoes, would it be good for them not not to learn, to continue to tie their shoes? No. Now, I know one of the things, we teach our baby how to walk. And when they learn to walk, then they get to move around, and then they get to move around, then they start touching everything. Then you go, oh, why do we teach that kid to walk? Because <laughs> now he's grabbing everything. But then what do you have to do? You have to take everything off of his level and put it on in what? Another level. Come on now. Amen? Tell somebody, I'm going to stretch this year because I'm going after stuff on another level. Come on now. Hallelujah. See, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinketh, so is he. And I know Pastor Jeff has told you that. See, think is an action verb. You're always thinking. I I read, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think before the day is over, we make over 50,000 decisions. Decisions. Because we're deciding every day, oh, should I hit the alarm or, or let it go for five more minutes? Should I lay in this bed or should I do this, okay? Should I make coffee or not make coffee? Can I be late to work or do I need to get on expressway now? Do I, you, I can't tell you, but the word decision in the Greek means to cut off. When are you going to decide to cut some things off? 
When are you going to decide to get rid of some things this year? Come on now. I see some people ain't looking at me no more when I just said that. I must have walked down your aisles and just stepped on your toe really hard right there, boy. But this is a season where you got to make some decisions now. And what are you going to cut off this year that's been limiting you? What are you going to cut off that you know has been holding you back? What are you going to cut off that you know is not allowing you to be the best person you're supposed to be? Who in your job are you going to cut off because you know, you know they're not helping you get to that, to that promotion? Mm. Look at somebody and say, he's almost done. Because I know y'all think, man, how many more pages this guy? I see him flipping pages up here. How many more has he got? I'm saving you this time so I don't catch you looking at your watch. See, when a pastor sees you looking at your watch, you go, I must be boring up here. I know this man looking at his watch all day. Now, if you had a really nice watch, I could see, I really like this, baby. It looks good. But we don't know that until you come and show it to us. All right? Amen. <clears throat> see, our thinking produces our actions, and our actions determine our, the outcomes that we're going to experience in life. Where you are right now is based on how you thought and how you act because this is what you're experiencing right now. So if I change the way I think, then I'll change the way I act, which means I'll change the outcomes that I'm experiencing in my life. Amen? I got one hand clap way back there. That man, that man in that orange or red shirt back there. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Hallelujah. He got it. The rest of you will get it in a little bit. All right. Number three, ready? He said, go over this Jordan. This might be the toughest one for some people. Get over it. What is that Jordan that you can't seem to get over? What is that hurt you can't get over? What is that word that somebody said about you that you can't get over? Come on now. What is that one thing that you keep struggling with day after day after day? You ain't got to raise your hand and tell me, but you know what it is. And it keeps you from getting over that Jordan. See, when you, they, got, they got to the River Jordan, but they were having a hard time getting over it because on the other side was the promised land. And I'm telling you today, once you get over this thing, you're going to reach your promised land. Once you get over the hurt, once you get over the abuse, once you get over the offense, come on now, once you get over what grandma didn't do to you, what grandpa didn't do for you, my daddy was never there, my mama was only there part-time, my brothers and sisters used to make me do all the work, I got this Cinderella effect going on in my life right now, but I can't seem to get over it. It's when you get over it that you're going to begin to taste the fruit that's on the other side. I dare you to touch, touch two people and say, you got to get over it right now. Now, be careful, husband, when you talk to your wife, you tell your wife, you got to get over this woman. That could be a fight. Now you got something else you got to get over. Amen. All right, get ready to write this one down. You're going, this is a good one here. What you cling to can make you unavailable to receive something new. What you cling to can make you unavailable to receive something new. My, my daughter, who you've seen several times, was she's been given a prophetic word by Pastor Jeff twice about the man that's going to be coming into her life, and she was dating some guy. I said, you know he's not the one. And my wife, she looked at my wife, my wife goes, you know she's not the one. He's not the one. She goes, well, you know, I said, you know what Pastor Jeff prophesied over you twice? And it was years apart, but it was the same prophecy. 
And Pastor Jeff didn't even know it was the same prophecy. But I said, he's not the one. He doesn't fit the criteria that God spoke. And see, if you don't have a vision for your life, vision set parameters, vision sets boundaries. Vision allows you to be able to see what you're supposed to be doing and not be doing. What comes into your life and what's not supposed to be in your life. And so she dated for a little while, and then she finally realized, yeah, Dad, my Dad, you're right. That he is not the one. I told you that. <laughs> now, I let my wife be that person who says, I told you that. I said, come on, baby, I know. You just, you did. You made a mistake. I got you. Mama's mean right now. Ain't she telling you that you just did right, Dad? And you goofed up, and you messed up, but I got you, baby. You know, she got to be a daddy's girl. I got to take care of my baby. You know that. <laughs> But if you're going to cling to that, I said, why would God open the door for the real one he has for you? And some of you right now, let go of what you're doing and what you're holding on to so God can open the door and bring you what you're supposed to have. If I want to put, this right here, y'all five right here, if I want to bring new furniture to a house, what you got to do with the older furniture? You got to get it out. But if you cling to that and I try to bring in a new furniture, there ain't going to be no room. And why would you want old furniture when I'm going to buy you brand new furniture? Come on now. God, want, God is doing a new thing in this season. He wants you to bring, bring some new stuff to you, but you want to hold on to some old mess. Come on now. See, Israel couldn't get over rebellion against God, and it turned an 11-day journey into an 80-year journey. Couldn't let go. Come on now. Israel couldn't let go of complaining, and it cost an entire generation from reaching the promised land. I don't want to be the generation that limits my children from reaching their promised land. I don't want to be the obstacle in the way of my kids. I don't want to be the obstacle in the way of my wife. My wife, my wife has a very big calling on her life for singing and the prophetic and ministering. And when we work together, I hand the mic over. I say, here, baby. Why? Because I'm not about to stand in the way of God's anointing. Come on now. I am not about to stand in the way of what God's called her to do. I'm going to step back and say, baby, go. When you're done, then I'll have my turn again. Amen? Don't stand in the, in the way of the anointing of your mate. Don't have so much pride and say, no, she's going to get too much attention if I let her do this. No, let her go, man. Because if you got a good wife, she's going to say, I got such a great husband. He helps me. He blesses me. He encourages me. He lifts me up. He encourages my anointing. He helps teach me in my anointing. He pushes me to go into my anointing. He kicks me out there and says, go do what God's called you to do, baby. Go make them dollars, honey. <laughs> ah. Israel found out that the power of the past has the power to steal your future. The power of the past has the power to steal your future. Because I know sometimes in relationships, we start arguing about things in the past. And it ruins the day. I've done it. My wife, she'll tell you I've done it. She has no problems telling on me. She'll say, why did you have to go there? That was the past. I said, well, because it applied to right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let 
Because what you did back then, you're doing it again right now. <laughs> but how many know that starts another argument again? And then I got to deal with something else. But see, you got to let go. Yeah, you've been hurt. Yeah, you've been disappointed. Yeah, you were discouraged. Yeah, it was just like, dog, God, again. But you got to let it go. Don't let that past come up and remind you again, oh, you're a failure. You're not successful. You're not smart enough. You're not the right color. You're not the right gender. You're not the right age. You don't have the right education. Stop all that mess. That's the devil. That's the devil. Come on now. Amen? So today, I've said a lot of things, but as you look in the mirror, what do you need to let go of today? What, what do you got to change in your position? See, my marriage is not where it is supposed to be yet. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But it's getting better because I'm changing me. I'm changing my position. Because sometimes I can be stubborn. I can be rude, man. I grew up, co- I grew up playing sports. I grew up coaching. Man, if you want to get in a, in a contest of, of cutting you down, boy, as my, as my kids at school I teach, coach, you got jokes, don't you? Yeah, coach got jokes. And they try me out every single year, and they quit within the first minute and a half because I'm just too fast on their business. And when all the class starts laughing at them because they're laughing more with me at them than they are with them at me, they quit. Okay, so sometimes I can be that with her. You know, sometimes she deserves it, but most of the time she don't. (laughs) And what is it do you need to get over? If that's you today, I just want you. Now, because of specific reasons here, and I want to honor you all, I want you just to put your hand on your heart right now. Because we all have something that we got to let go of. We all know there's somewhere in our existence and what we're doing, we got to change our position. And we all know there's some things that we got to get over. There's no question about that. And I want to pray for you right now. Those of you who are watching online, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. First of all, I want to say thank you for tuning in today and watching us. And I know Pastor Jeff and Pastor Robin are so excited that you are watching and staying with them. Let me pray for you. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to say this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that from this day forward that I am letting things go, things that hurt, things that burn, things that cause regret. I'm letting them go today. And I'm changing who I am, what I say, how I think, how I respond, so that I can have different results. And today, I'm getting over that hurt. I'm getting over that disappointment. I'm getting over what grandma and grandpa and mama and daddy didn't do for me. And I'm getting over the offense that I've been dealing with. I receive total freedom today to step into that new anointing, that new destiny, stepping through that window into that new beginning, that fresh start for blessing and for miracles to inhabit my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone give God a hand clap of praise. Give him a shout.
Hallelujah. I am free. I am free. I am free. I don't know about you, but I, I got goosebumps all over my arms right now. I know there's an anointing in this place. I know that the Spirit of God is moving in this place. You are free in your mind and in your heart, your spirit and in your flesh in the mighty name of Jesus.